0: Hi, I'm Laura. Hey,
1: I'm Stefan, and you're listening to Attributed, a podcast library by DreamData.
0: The purpose of it is to store and share all the knowledge that we have gathered across DreamData employees through our LinkedIn lives, podcasts, and webinars. The typical topics you'll find here can be stuff like marketing, sales, B2B ads, operations, social selling, maybe. I um am Really excited to have Mako together with me for this session because a lot of people can be smart, like, oh, why do we need content and what to do to connect it with revenue and all that. But today I've got the brain behind the connection of content to talk about a lot of things about that part, it's like what's the problem with that at all? How do we connect it? How did we do it? And when you have connected. What can you do with the data itself? Welcome, Mikkel. Thank you very much. So we're going to talk about if content is mapped to revenue, what's the problem? So why is it a problem at all? And we saw that it was a problem at Dream Data. And Miguel and his team decided to do something about it. So he will talk more about how did we actually fix the problem. And at the end, we will complete the session with what can you actually do with the data when you have it, when you have your content, your revenue, what are the possibilities? And we've got a list of questions that are already lined up for the session, but we will ask you to prioritize what you would like to talk about. So feel free to post any questions in LinkedIn Live. We will pick them up slowly as we go in terms of what's relevant for you when talking about content, connection to revenue. Maybe you want to share of what kind of problems you're facing. Did you try to build something like that? And what you would like to ask a mastermind behind when it's actually done. So, Mikkel, we're kicking off. So when content is not mapped to revenue, why is it a problem?
1: So generally, it's a problem that you don't know whether or not the readers of your content, people that consume your content, are they turning in to some kind of revenue? Because ultimately that's the goal of everything you do in a marketing or sales department. It is that you want to turn it into revenue. So if you don't know or not able to connect, if the readers of your content, the people that consume your content, if they actually turn into revenue, or in some kind of pipeline, you're sort of operating a little bit in the blind, because you might see that, oh, 200 people read this, you can see that in Google Analytics perhaps, yeah. but you don't know if they turned in to a closed deal two months later, which is the ultimate goal of what you're doing.
0: Yeah, people are talking a lot about like content is king. Now we're going to win SEO because we all are engaging everything and so on. So, all right. So it's a problem you can't connect it to revenue. But but how do people know then then we have to create more and more and more content in order to be able to drive more demand? Well, something has to be possible to map, even though you like don't do the mastermind.
1: So normally what people... Are doing when we talk with them is that they are measuring conversions Mm. that's the Mm -hmm. standard thing to do so you're measuring form submits which is it's not always easy to set up in google analytics if you want to do it by measuring the path to it but it is possible so that's normally what people are doing you can also measure in different other type of automation systems the problem is usually that then your tracking stops there, then you signed up for a form, Uh okay? What happens after that? Do you then turn into an SQL after that? And what did you then, what did the person then consume of content prior after converting, filling in the form, and then becoming a sales qualified lead or a marketing qualified lead? Did the person read anything in the meantime? Mm-hmm. So that, that tracking is crucial, uh, and especially in B2B world, then you also want to know other people on that account. What did they consume? Mm-hmm. Because many people, when then you're not really acting with a single person. You're more acting, connecting to a group of people. And on that group of people, what type of content are they consuming? So that, that's also a crucial different thing from what you're Measuring if you're just measuring in session conversions, is that you're sort of stuck a little bit with a one person view, uh-huh. which is not one where you want to be stuck in uh, when doing B2B.
0: That's very interesting. Yeah, because when selling to B2Bs, you're not selling to one person. It's not a pair of shoes that you can just like convert on the first session or even the second session and, and then somebody buys it. Well, I would evaluate your product. Mikkel would go in and book a demo and Lars would go and buy the product. It's like, how do you know what we have been reading? Like, does it make sense at all? Is that what you're like, trying to? I think it's a very good time to put the GIF on. I created a beautiful GIF and while Mikkel is talking about it, then it's going to run in the background. Okay, well, how did we fix the problem?
1: Yeah, so essentially what Dream Data does at its core is to collect this uh, first party tracking. So you're tracking the users on your website, then you're integrating that with all your with your CRM, for example, or your other touch uh, systems in your tech stack. And then you join together all that data into sort of one coherent view. And when you're then connecting all these touch points, then you know that person number one is actually belonging to the same account as person number two, and this person viewed these pieces of content. And then you have that log for a long time. So it doesn't matter whether or not the person searches into an SQL in a week, or if they do it for the B2B, the more likely case, in months, mm-hmm. or if it's a closed business, it might even take half a year but you still want to be able to track all these things. And when you have this record of tracking and identifying of people, then you are able to sort of move together afterwards. This person actually did all these things. This person belongs to this account where all these other people had these activities and it turns into this close deal with this amount of revenue. So it's a matter of joining everything together, which is the key key concept here, because otherwise you are left a little bit with just having the, the very short, if you only look at your website, you will be, you will sort of stop tracking there. Mm-hmm. And then you know what that one person did. You don't know the, how that connects to everything else. And that's essentially what you need in order to build one coherent picture of how content is bringing in revenue.
0: Miguel, how does it, when you ungate all of your content, does it work at all?
1: It does work. That's the beauty of this thing that normally you say that the gating is a way to sort of measure people coming in and you're measuring, okay, I got this yeah. amount of people that downloaded this thing. They signed, filled in this form. I can measure that. Yeah. That's the standard way. The problem is if you don't do that. You don't have anything to measure. People just go in and do it and you don't necessarily know who they are to begin with. But then if they end up signing into your product, or later on booking a demo call, sending emails, then you end up identifying them at a much later stage. But then you're able to unlock, oh, by the way, they also downloaded your ebook. They also viewed this ungated content. And that you don't need a form submit to do. Obviously, you might sometimes have to wait a little bit longer for people to identify themselves. But then again, usually people that are not willing to identify themselves are also quite hard to sell to.
0: Yeah, yeah. Like, tell me about it. That's right. <laughs> all right. So, if we don't need the form submits and in B2B, now we're only talking B2B, is a lot of buyers and so on and if, let's say, it takes a long time to sell to a prospect. Does it hinder anything at all to be able to map it to revenue that it takes so long time for close the deal or to get that final sign up?
1: For Uh, for our product it doesn't there's no limit in that sense for a lot of systems you will have a problem because a lot of systems operate with sort of a a window where they are only storing your data so and so long Uh the standard is usually usually you would hear things about a month or uh, 90 days or something like that that's usually the standard things and then you lost the tracking Mm-hmm. Um, you sort of you can't really connect anything. If you lost the data, there's no way to to get it back and connect it to anything. So the first step is always to have the data and have the data under your control. So there's no longer Marketo or Google Analytics or anything else that decides when it will be deleted. That's a key key component.
0: Yeah. The- that that is absolutely a key component, especially if your deal cycle is and usually it is for B2B's longer than at least three months, some of them like half a year or even more than that. So it's crazy important, actually we're ungating everything.
1: Yeah, especially when you do now the, the web pages yeah. because web pages yeah. are a long time. People are interacting a long time with your content before they even want to talk to a person
0: and yeah i know myself you like you pick up a lot of information you gather around the information you come back much later as soon as you're ready to buy it's kind of demand is already created so to capture that demand you have to know more or less what's working what kind of websites are working pages posts or documents or anything like that do we need to help our clients more that's fantastic. And when you get that connected, okay, now we've connected it to revenue. So no brainer. The question, the further question will be, what can you use the data for?
1: So the obvious thing, which would be point one is that now you collected all the page views, all the people joined it to accounts, you connected it to the pipeline. So now I can answer the basic questions of, I have this section on my web page. I want to know if the people viewing this, did they become an SQL three months later? So you can give it sort of gauge the effectiveness of your content. Yeah. Other way to turn it is of all my SQLs that closed in the last quarter, what was the top performing content? What did people read of all the mm-hmm. people that closed in the last quarter? So those are the obvious questions. that also the thing that we hear again and again when talking to people, that that sort of seemingly simple question is causing people a lot of headaches. Yeah, for sure.
0: One of the questions that is very interesting to me is a lot of companies, SaaS, B2B SaaS companies are not just moving over to ungate all the content, but also are moving over to the product-led growth, like the product piece of content, or at least, well, how can that be connected together? And then I will leave the rest of the questions for people to, to ask because product led plus NGT everything, how can that be used to drive more revenue?
1: Yeah. So the whole idea is obviously that you know the different accounts and know what content they are consuming, which also allows you this other the big push towards people in e commerce have been doing this longer because it's easier, because it's the most single session, everything has to happen in this thing of, oh, you viewed this. Maybe you're also interested in this type of things. And that, that's essentially the personalization of your content. That is essentially mm-hmm. what AB, ABM is. That is your personalizing your outreach or your interaction with people to the specific accounts. And that's sort of the similar approach. And now you have a much better view of what did the account actually consume so you can go and say oh th- this account they have already seen all these things but normally people that buy they also view this and this this account haven't done that maybe mm-hmm. i should uh, structure an email telling them this is a very good piece people used to like this so you can do a lot of these personalization uh, things and also just the pure performance obviously of your different pieces that's a so matter interesting. of does it work at all
0: yeah, it's kind of dipping the toes into the account-based approach, that is also very hyped nowadays. For account-based, what you're meaning is that you can repurpose your content that is very popular into accounts that possibly have not researched that content in your eyes. Is that what you're trying to say?
1: That's uh, that's one possibility. That's the it's sort of the the end goal of ABM is obviously to create a very personalized outreach, and the first step of personalized outreach is knowing. What are people doing? Uh, how can you step in and make it a better buying journey for them without it being uh, you asking them? Because obviously that sort of a little bit defeats the purpose of being service-minded. You should know their wishes and what they want a little bit before them so you're able to help in the right way.
0: Yeah. Let's talk a little bit about channels that find your content through. How content
1: itself and, and help
0: you in performance?
1: Yeah, so that's the whole other question that ah, when you get one level deeper than the the, the first question of, did it connect to an SQL? Did it connect to a revenue? Then the next Mm -hmm. thing, the people that ended up consuming this content, how did they find it? Did they find it in a place that I can do something about? Some people are pushing their content through paid ads. The obvious question, does that work? The people that then come through a paid ad, they might start on your... On a landing page, that's your homepage, for example, but then they make their way to your content. Is that a good way to get people to consume your content or is it better in another way? And it all it depends a little bit about what people's strategy are. We see a lot of different things ranging from people mm-hmm. where their content is coming 100% from organic. Obviously, if things come 100% from one source, it's not an interesting breakdown. But you also have a lot of people that. <laughs> where they have a multitude of sources for their content. And that becomes very interesting to see whether or not it's then, is it better that people, the people that come to your content from LinkedIn, is that better than people searching for it on Google? Hmm. Are there more intent in that? Does it, so does it perform better if it comes from a different place? Because that also aligns to what strategy you should use in order to sort of uh, distribute your content.
0: Interesting. How could you use that for A-B testing? if you were to do different approaches?
1: Yeah, so obviously you could also start uh, the whole sort of, I push this thing here, this other thing here, then I can see one is better than the other. That's obviously always an option. Or see, in this case, a lot of people, you can get a lot of value without starting the whole statistical, doing a rigorous A-B testing, but just your own sort of, okay, if I'm just able to count, the amount of people coming from one place coming from another place where did they end up three months later then that counting always says, already says a lot even before you have to engage in the more statistical approach but as a data scientist i will always advise you put more statistics and everything um, but, but
0: then they have to have your brain in the company <laughs> like that would be difficult miguel we have a question from Brian. He is asking about the identification part. So it's kind of more back to how Dream Data works in general. So, how does Dream Data get the identity of someone who vis- visits a web page that isn't an e commerce item, like a page offering service? How do we identify those? So,
1: it's the same identification that you'll have in uh, through form submits and things like that. The idea is that you pay people at some point. They will log into your product. That's one place you can get it. If you have free offerings, anything like that, you will also get it if people, if you're sending emails to them and they are interacting with those emails. And then the standard form submits, like I want to contact Laura in sales, then you'll also collect their emails in that way. So it's still the standard sort of ways of collecting emails. The difference here is that you don't necessarily need to collect that email on your content. There's a lot of other places that feels more natural to people. It it doesn't feel weird that you need to supply your email to book a demo with an actual person. That's not a blocker for anything. Whereas your content, that feels like people are giving something up when they need to write a lot of stuff in order to integrate with your content. And the trick is here that you can use those identifiers to then benefit the way you view your content, because if you identified the person, then you also identified the content they viewed without having to ask them every time they end up on your content.
0: Is there a limit of sessions that the uh, people to stitch together before a person submitted a form? Like if they submitted a form to book a demo, but read, I don't know, 10 articles or 100 of articles, is, is there a limit of anything like that?
1: the only limit that you'll get is people sort of deliberately start deleting uh, cookies and stuff like that. And remind mm. this is not mm. the, the Google, the third party cookies. It is the first party, only your website cookie. They can stay there for a very long time. People can usually ask that same themselves, how often do you go in and completely reset your browser? Yeah. And if your answer is I can't remember when I did that. Then you sort of have an idea about how long times these things can stay and so the amount of sessions that you can track, uh that's only the the data warehouse that sets the limit and that limit is designed for um, e-commerce businesses of serving billions of people. So that 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 doesn't that's not a limit that any B2B company. I think it's
0: the beauty you know. where I mean it's the beauty where the technical part meets the marketers trying to help people find and purchase the product that you're selling b2b is got the soft part a lot of nice one people to read and but at the same time it's like you're not capped or gapped on anything for you to be able to track it all the way to revenue i think it's so fantastic it's, exactly. it's a mastermind that's all right um miguel do you have any uh, words that you would like to kind of Want people to leave
1: with a positive message? The message should be from a lot of these things that if you're not tracking things today, then one thing is doing the whole mapping and all that stuff. But you can't recap the tracking. You can't in half year go back and redo tracking. I can in a half year map to your CRM like I, uh, that I can do, but you can't recreate tracking. So, get started doing that as soon as possible, because that thing you can't replay, whereas going back in your CRM, that's doable. There you can pull historical data, but you can't pull historical tracking that you don't have.
0: I think it's a very beautiful message. And you can even connect it to like planting. The best time to plant a tree was yesterday. The best time to do it is now. Do the same with your tracking on your website. And whenever you're ready to join the tracking that you've captured with your, sales, with your CRM system and your marketing automation and anything else in the world, you will need that tracking. So go get that done. I think it's fantastic. Thank you so much, Miguel. We've got some greetings from Costa Rica. We've got people clapping you and being very happy for your session. I'm absolutely honored to talk to you today. Thank you so much. We hope you like listening to us. Subscribe to our podcast and the ones that we have been guests on. And if you have any feedback for us, uh, just do let us know. And should there be a guest that you think we should be talking to, then like pitch us. We're looking forward to seeing you.